0: It's time for the Newsmax Daily, from Newsmax, America's
1: fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your
2: host, Rob Carson. All right, kids, here we are. It is uh, already Wednesday, hump day. Already the 21st of July. And uh, what a show we have lined up for you. Do you like red-hot nerd action, nerd fight action? Yeah, we had some of that yesterday going on in uh, in Washington, D.C. between uh, Rand Paul and uh, Anthony Fauci. It was, it was nasty. It was really, really crazy. So anyway, we'll get to that here very shortly on the show. Uh, also, just a whole bunch about the Biden administration colluding with big tech to shut people up, conservatives up. I know this because I've been a victim of it, and it's been uh, absolutely awful. So... We'll get to that as the uh, as the show progresses and uh, then that's a lot more, a whole lot more. All right. So let's start with uh, some red hot action with Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul yesterday in the Senate. And I have talked about this before. I won't get into the minutiae of it. But Anthony Fauci, his agency did fund gain of function research in uh, Wuhan at the laboratory. I'm just going to go ahead and say also the virus came from there. OK, it wasn't bat soup. Give me a break. It's the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The virus escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It did not come from bat soup made from bats a 1,000 miles away. And we were funding game of function research, which is taking animal viruses and weaponizing them and making them more deadly. All right. So there was an exchange of emails between Anthony Fauci and his associates on January 30th, I believe, of last year, where he was panicked that this would be found out. Then when he talked to his boss, oh, there's no, 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 nothing this year. here. He does have a boss. I know, it's kind of crazy. He's the highest-paid... He is the highest-paid bureaucrat in the entire country. He makes more than the president. So, I mean, who do you trust? A 47-year swamp-dwelling bureaucrat? Or a Rand Paul, who actually is a a doctor as well. Here's the very first salvo.
3: Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee, on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask you. Now.
2: Dr She is also known as the Batwoman.: Misconsent, and in- she lives in a bat cave. She's married to Batman. Turn into the record the Wuhan virology
3: paper entitled "Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-related Coronaviruses." Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Shei credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she other than that, there's no evidence. He took two bat coronavirus genes, yeah. spike genes, yes. and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then shown to Nothing dangerous about that replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals but not humans to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells
2: yeah all right and also they they created a radioactive spider that bit this teenage kid named peter parker turned him into a spider-man it was crazy it was weird uh so anyway yeah gain-of-function research involves genetically enhancing viral pathogens in order to predict which may become especially dangerous to the human population The research is controversial. No! Because of the risk that the virus previously only found in animals and subsequently altered to infect humans could be released, accidentally or deliberately. Just want to remind you that uh, after it was released in Wuhan, they shut the city down but allowed international flights to leave. Between 2014 and 2017, the federal government established a moratorium on funding for gain-of-function research. But the study Barak and she co-authored received approval from NIH after review. The funding received by the Wuhan lab to conduct this research was provided by the non-profit group Eco Health Alliance, who gets, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars from the government, which had received grants from the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, led by Anthony Fauci. By the way, uh, there was an email that was exchanged, and like I said, it was January 30th of 2020. This is from Fauci. It is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as email that I will forward you. You have tasks that need to be done. The email communications were made part of the uh, Freedom of Information Act, and it also had an attachment about gain-of-function research. Again, nothing to see here. Here's a little bit more of uh, Fauci and Rand Paul, the MMA fight.
3: Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause.
2: Okay, so he's pretty much made his case here. Here's a little bit more. Knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract
3: your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research
2: in Wuhan? Here we go. Senator
4: Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract...
2: Why are you doing only friendly media uh, outlets that are left of center?
4: That statement, this paper that you were referring to, was
2: judged by qualified staff up and down the chain. In his uh, department with the government, and by the way... Everybody in the in the NIH, everybody involved with his organization, uh, they realize that he is a very powerful man who has his finger on the button with regard to funding. And if you disagree with Anthony Fauci, it goes as not being gain of function. I can't wait till he is done with this and he can go back to the hollow tree and make cookies. Although I don't think I want to eat his cookies anymore. What he was? was let you me take, finish. You take
3: an animal virus and you increase the yeah. transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah,
4: that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know. No,
2: it's animal to human virus function. Yeah. What you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that. <laughs> I think I would trust him more than a guy who's been in Washington D.C. for 47 years. Officially, you do not know. What you are talking about? Yeah, and you're stupid too. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is uh, Rand Ball saying you are you are obfuscating the truth. If the point that you are making is
4: that the the, the grant that was funded as a award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you
2: are getting. Well, it, it pretty much funded the research that was going on there, which was a game of function. Okay, blah blah blah. You get it.
3: Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It did I come from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You. And there you psh, psh, oh. Will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. I totally.
4: This committee resent, will
5: allow the witness to. Respond. I totally
4: resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because <laughs> if you look at the viruses. That were used in the experiments. Yeah. That were given in the annual reports. That were published in the literature. It is molecularly
2: impossible.
3: No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is, one is molecularly. That those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain-of-function research. Was Why
2: the happening. panicked email?
3: Going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That is you can't not get away from it. It meets your definition, and you are obfuscating the truth. There you go. Here's uh, one more.
2: One more soundbite from the exchange, then we'll hear what uh, Dr. Rand Paul said last night.
3: I want everyone to understand
4: that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists... Those viruses are molecularly impossible no to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2, 2
3: caused the pandemic. Paul, we're what? saying they are gain-of-function viruses because they were They're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you admit the truth. And you implying,
4: Senator Paul,
5: your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And,
4: and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I totally resent and it could that. Have been. And if anybody and it could is lying been. here, Senator, it is you.
2: Wow, wow, wow! You know they say the uh, the bigger the denial, sometimes the bigger the lie. Here is Rand Paul talking last night. I believe this was Sean Hannity about uh, how he is tangentially responsible.
3: I think the reasoning behind him being so resistant, so livid, and so full of ad hominem is he realizes that once the public realizes that the NIH under his leadership funded the Wuhan lab, that is beyond question they did. The NIH funded the lab. But once the public figures out that they were doing very, very dangerous research there, gain of function research, taking animal viruses and making them more transmissible to humans, once everybody puts this together, he realizes where the blame is going to attach. He has at least tangential responsibility. If this came from the lab that he was funding, my goodness, can you imagine the moral culpability that the man has?
2: Now, I had mentioned this, that a WikiLeaks email showed that Hillary Clinton knew Wuhan was a bioweapon threat in 2009. WikiLeaks obtained a cable allegedly sent by then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to the embassies of other nations of the Australia Group, which at the time was planning a plenary meeting in Paris. In 2009, the existence of this document was reported by Human Events. So basically, within the cable, Clinton reportedly issued unique sets of talking points to specific nation members, reporting that in her comments to France, she conveyed a not-so-subtle warning that the Wuhan Institute of Virology, then undergoing construction of its physical facilities, could eventually pose a biological weapons proliferation concern. Why did Anthony Fauci continue to fund it? I just kind of want to know. I'd kind of like to know. Here's a little bit more with, uh, with Rand Paul. Since 2012, he has said repeatedly
3: that, yes, an accident can happen, but the research is worth it. Even if an accident yes. were to cause a... He
2: said that gain-of-function research was worth it. Anthony Fauci said it. There's no doubting it.
3: Worldwide pandemic, the research is worth it. That judgment call is something that most Americans, or people who have family members of the 4 million people who died, would say, you know what? Maybe that research isn't working if, it's, if this contagion actually came out of a lab where they're doing this research. They also do this research in the United States. They do it in Galveston and in North Carolina. So this is a big debate, not just over blame, but over whether or not this could happen again in the United
2: States. You, you have had. A- there you go. All right, and here is a little exchange. Um, him talking about the frantic emails from Anthony Fauci.
3: Realize that these emails are frantic going back and forth at two o'clock in the morning. He's still saying, sending emails out. Huh. The first email he sends to his assistant is one of these research papers with Dr. Xi from the Wuhan Institute that is gain of function.
2: He sent an attachment about gain of function research. Okay.
3: His assistant responds, oh my goodness, this is gain of function research. It's like, oh no, they've discovered that this is going on and we might have funded the origin of this virus. So immediately, they're circling the wagon. Wow. They're having
2: urgent meetings. Meet with me. He is uh, knee deep in it. Anthony Fauci is knee deep
3: in it. Immediately, he says to his assistant, read this paper, which is a gain of function paper. He was alarmed. But then to his boss, he's
2: putting on a different front. And he's saying, everything's good, sir. Everything's working just fine. <laughs>
3: everything's OK. It looks like there's no chance it came from the lab. Meanwhile, a virologist is sending him an email saying, Four of us agree this looks like a virus that was manipulated in a lab. So. Yes, from the very beginning. I think he was covering up because he realized that there would be a great deal of culpability, of blame attached to him if a lab that he was funding through the NIH
2: turned out to be the source of a pandemic. You uh, find out about this. You attach a Game of Function uh, article to an email to your underlings in a panicked fashion uh, at uh, 2 in the morning. (laughs) No, no, there was nothing going on there. Nothing going on. Yes,
3: and I will be sending a letter to the Department of Justice asking for a criminal referral because he has lied to Congress. We have scientists that will line up by the dozens to say that the re- I think look great in orange. research he was funding was gain of function. He's doing this because he has a self-interest to cover his tracks and to cover yeah. his connection to Wuhan lab. Now, does he deserve all of the blame? No, there's still some conjecture as to whether or not it came from the lab, but he's lying about whether or not he funded gain of function research. And yes, he should be punished.
2: There you go. There. There you go. Uh, I'm going to get to uh, Grant Stinchfield's comments on this. Also, Senator Mike Brown, uh, I should say, appeared uh, last night and he talked about it a little bit. But I do want to welcome our new sponsor. He is author Craig Stanfield. I know you're an author. Really? Yeah. Oh, because he's got a book that I think you're going to love. He has a new book. It's called Terms of Service, subject to notice without change, and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now for $3.99. This is not a typical sci-fi novel. You can uh, start with Orwell's 1984, Add in a Healthy Dose of Brave New World, in Fahrenheit 451. Okay, It's very, very relatable. It is a uh, work of literary science fiction, one of which has something important to say. Statistically, it is a work of mainstream fiction focused on the journey of a protagonist and on the world in which uh, she lives. Uh, Surreal in places, heavily laced with satire, mystical realism, and even a bit of absurdism. In terms of subject matter, it lies squarely within the boundaries of the cyberpunk genre. Virtual reality, sentient artificial intelligence are omnipresent and our characters live much of their lives within a VR system that sometimes seems more real than reality itself. Yeah, I kind of understand that. This virtual world and the AIs who live within it act as a mirror reflecting on our own existence. It is also a solid work of hard science fiction. Everything it portrays is technologically feasible, scary, as uh, Alexa listens to me right over there on my desk, <clears throat> and much of it is already a part of our daily lives. Alexa sitting there listening to everything I say. It is a great science fiction novel, and we'll be speaking with author Craig Stanfield this Friday. All right. In the meantime, this book is available only three ninety nine available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And once again, it's called Craig Stanfield's Terms of Service, subject to change without notice. We do live in weird times, don't we? I've got a uh, we've got a digital assistant in every room. Think about that. You 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 wake up in the morning and you say to the digital assistant, "I won't say your name because I don't wake her up." Uh, what's the weather going to be like? Uh, play a song. Uh, play the Rob Carson podcast on Apple Podcasts. Play the Rob Carson the, the Newsmax Daily podcast with Rob Carson on Apple Podcasts. You should do that, by the way. <clears throat> but it is weird. It is really. Uh, it's kind of odd. The world we live in, where you can literally tell the television to turn on, it's just like uh, it's just like um, what was it, uh, Running Man, uh, with uh, no no Total Recall with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's crazy. Here is uh, Grant Stinchfield talking yesterday about Anthony Fauci lying before Congress.
1: We have absolute proof that what he's saying is false. Okay, in 2017, a doctor at the Wuhan Virology Institute reported that genes from two SARS-related coronavirus strains were combined to create a novel artificial virus able to infect human cells.
2: There was also a scientist digging up bodies in a graveyard, and somebody stole a brain from a laboratory. That is the exact definition of
1: gain-of-function research. I believe the name was Abby Normal. This same research paper credited the National Institutes of Health right here in the United States, among mm. others, mm. for funding the Wuhan lab program. So Dr. I think they even got
2: a thank you card from the Wuhan lab saying, thanks for the money for Game of Function research. Love ya, Batwoman. Ochi
3: is lying. How you can say that is not Game of Function. It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure... No, it's not. ...responsibility for 4 million people dying is. around the okay. world from a pandemic. And you are implying... That what we did was responsible
4: for the deaths of individuals. Why were you so panicked on January 30th? I totally resent and that. And if anybody and is lying been. here, Senator, it is
2: you. Pants on fire. Here is uh, Senator Mike Braun on uh, Stinchfield Show last night talking about Fauci and what he knew.
1: You know, do you think that Dr. Fauci lied to Congress as I laid out evidence? He says one thing the NIH, now we do know, funded the Wuhan lab. Did Dr. Fauci lie to Congress?
6: That particular point of the origination is as close as you're going to get to, there was, let's face it, some uncertainty about how rampant this disease was going to be. He was on record, you know, a million and a half to two million deaths in the U.S. and down to 150,000.
2: Then you got to wear a mask, then you don't have to wear a mask, master. You know, then you got to wear three masks. Now your two-year-old has to wear one.
6: And sure, you're going to probably be okay somewhere in between the way it ended up. But there, especially uh, NIH, his involvement through his particular agency that doesn't pass the smell test. Oh
2: yeah, here we go. A little bit more with uh, Mike Braun and uh, Grant Stitchfield.
6: Would you be one that would try to come up with whatever posts that are out there that need to be flagged as misinformation? This is beyond my area. This
2: is actually him talking to Anthony Fauci about misinformation and disinformation, which is now currently anything that disagrees with who's in the White House and the Democrats. And this is real, and we'll get to more of this later. You have
4: expertise. I develop vaccines to save people. No,
2: you don't, because you, you were supposed to develop an AIDS vaccine, and that was like 40, what, 37 years ago, 38 years ago, and it never happened. And it wouldn't have happened uh, this time unless Donald Trump was in office and he... Put the private sector to work to develop two of them. You, sir, have not. Lives, I don't get involved in flagging things, senators. Yeah. Senator tell me all of the vaccinations that you've come up with there, Dr. Fauci. Um,
1: none. He was just on CNN the other night talking about misinformation, this and smallpox. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had a vaccine if, it was, if there was conservative talk radio and conservative networks like us around. What is he talking about? He doesn't get involved in this.
6: I mean he's been the most visible face on TV uh, over the last year, year and a half and how you can make that statement is beyond me and of course I ended up asking him what his relationship was with Zuckerberg and even before I could elicit it from him, he pretty well admitted that he's on a cell phone basis with him. So that's where he loses credibility. Uh, If he wasn't so hungry to be on media. To make those kind of pronouncements, it'd be different. But he's been engaged in that fashion from the beginning.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, clearly, there is a communication going on between the White House, be- between the Democrat Party and big social media with regard to that. <laughs> Let's move on from the uh, the big uh, lie in front of Congress yesterday and talk about the, the Surgeon General right now, who is uh, Vivek Murphy, I believe is his name. He's kind of uh, uh, an odd character. And... Um, Kind of deadpan. Here he is talking about how uh, we could very much go back to 2020, uh, and and this is this is something that I want to mention real quick. They want to do 2020 again, guys they love the control that they had in 2020 they really really did because a lot of things got done in 2020 a lot of money got spent in 2020 and a lot of people were made millionaires and a lot of federal money was spent for a lot of things that had nothing to do with covid at all so they want to take us back to 2020 again here we are they're talking about us all wearing masks even if you've been vaccinated so what's the point
7: we have seen Los Angeles County and other communities now begin to re-embrace the idea of mask mandates indoors for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Is this going in a direction that you think the CDC is going to have to also embrace that strategy? Well, Lester, I think what L.A.
8: County is doing is something you're going to start seeing in other parts of the country. If cases rise and localities continue to rise and if the unvaccinated population remains Uh, low. And I think it's very appropriate for localities to make these decisions about putting mitigation measures like masking back in place.
2: Yeah, uh, they want to do the whole thing all over again. And uh, we aren't going to fall for it. I'm not going to fall for it. Uh, My daughter went to school finally uh, last year after being out for a year, a half a year with no uh, classes at all, half a year with uh, hybrid classes, uh, and the rest of the year, another year, Uh, with a mask on that she didn't need to wear. Yesterday she was commenting about how she would sneeze in her mask and and the sneeze would come right back to her and the mask would cause her to sneeze and then she had to breathe her own sneeze. Unbelievable. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking to Senator Roger Marshall. He's a doctor on masks and kids.
8: Uh, you've had Dr. Walensky saying that unvaccinated kids should wear a mask. You've had the American Pediatric Association say that everybody in school vaccinated... You know
2: uh, Actually, wearing a mask while you've been vaccinated is the same as taking birth control when you're celibate. ...or not needs to wear a mask. You've got a mask mandate. Are you planning on having sex anytime soon? No, no, I don't do sex at all. But I'm going to go ahead and just take the birth control. Now in Los Angeles County... What do you make of all this? What, what, or if you're a guy, you know, wearing one of those. What's the right answer here? Because a lot of people are confused.
9: Yeah, yeah, Rob, and they're confused because there's no good science to really support any decision. I
2: also wear a safety belt when I'm not driving a car.
9: Uh, I'm going to start by saying this: probably half of our children have already had the virus. So, first of all, I really would like to have all the kids get a test done, a blood test, to see if they've had the virus or not. And if that's the case, certainly they do not need a mask. I'm not convinced. No one has shown me that wearing a mask uh, in grade school actually does any good. I mean, we, we, we... there is no evidence. We've all had kids. i got grandkids. Their masks come on, they're off. Maybe they work for my, my parents who would go to the grocery store once a week. But come on, masks, do they really work in grade school? No one's really shown it. Cloth
2: masks and those flimsy little uh, blue surgical masks do absolutely nothing. They make about as much sense, and I've said this before, uh, in preventing coronavirus as wearing a cowboy hat to go scuba diving.
9: And, and just think about this, the the, the chances of, of a serious morbidity, mortality uh, from COVID for people under the 18 is so very small. We know that masks cause a huge mental uh, pressure on, on these kids. There
2: are kids literally in preschool, now in kindergarten, who have never seen their their classmates' faces, and that teachers can't even recognize the kids because they've never seen their faces.
9: Well, it just really creates uh, problems for their their speech development, and I think it just really creates uh, a, a distrust when they see people in masks. Sounds like a
2: whole lot like a book by uh, Craig Stanfield called Terms of Service Subject to Change Without Notice. It is, I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here is uh, Chris Salcedo talking to Representative Anthony Fauci about uh, uh, Fauci and Rand Paul. And this is the last thing we're going to do on this because I got a bunch of other stuff I want to get to. I know we're going get all medical and everything this morning, but uh, I think it's pretty powerful stuff. Here you go.
7: No, that's exactly right. I mean, so you get somebody like Fauci, who is a public health administrator. He's a, he's a bureaucrat, and he sits there and has the audacity to accuse uh, Dr. Rand Paul of lying um, when story after story has come out that NIH actually did provide funding. And some of that fun-
2: yeah, but Anthony Fauci develops vaccines, even though he really hasn't.
7: Funding was diverted to gain of uh, function in COVID tests, not COVID, but viral testing in Wuhan. And for him to sit there is absurd. But but moreover, you're exactly right, Chris. We are dealing with essentially Marxist and neo-fascist in the White House, and everything that they're doing right now is to gain control of this of, of every per- person in the country, uh, whether yes. it's. The masking issue, oh, yes. whether it's uh, telling the truth on Wuhan and how this virus started or whether it's inflation or the border or anything, you name it. There, it's designed to get control of America and, and bind us up so we can't work, live, learn, play as free Americans, as grown ups, as you would say.
2: That's absolutely true and they did it last year, and they want to do it this year. That's what this is all about. And what is what is next year as opposed to uh, last year? Oh, yeah, they're election years. <laughs> I thought you should know that they're, they're election years. Yeah, pretty much. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady became a political tool yesterday. This on the heels of the fact that uh, the NFL is going to become more woke this next season, including singing the Black National Anthem before games, and consequently... Um, I'm not going to uh, be watching any football this year. I had a Pierre Garçon Redskins jersey. They changed the name Redskins because of George Floyd. Makes a lot of sense. And I gave it to somebody because I don't want anything to do with the NFL right now. But he decided to be a little snarky, a little smart aleck, and uh, kind of dig at uh, Donald Trump. Now, this could be taken two different ways. Some people say it's actually a swipe at Biden, but others say it's a swipe at Trump. I'm leaning towards the Trump thing. Either way, it's just kind of distasteful and real slap in the face of all the people who are going to turn off the NFL because of this and because of all the wokeism.
8: We're here today uh, to congratulate and welcome uh, to the White House the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: They are one hell of a baseball team.
8: This Buccaneer team is a testament to the fact that it's never too late to come together and achieve extraordinary things. Three quarters of the way through the season they found themselves in the middle of the pack. Seven wins and five losses. But this is a team that didn't fold always got up, dug deep. Hit that basketball court and put down some threes. A lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I
2: understand. Ah, 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 that's, you know, that's the 40% of Americans who believe because of evidence that the election was stolen. Do
8: you understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom.
2: Now, that that could be a dig at, uh, at him because he's saying that the president forgets a lot of stuff. But I don't know. Either way, I'm not watching the NFL this fall. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. You can't make me. I'm going to actually do uh, things on the weekend other than just sit around and uh, drink beer and eat a bunch of food and watch football. I will miss it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I really am just kind of done with it. Oh, by the way, uh, some aides for uh, Pelosi and Biden have tested positive for covid yeah, spokesman for the uh, the, the Nancy Pelosi uh, tested positive Monday for coronavirus following a meeting with the members of the Texas legislature who fled the state for D.C. This was a giant backfire on their part, spending $100,000 on a uh, on a flight and uh, coming to Washington, D.C. and not wearing masks and breaking all protocols and then ultimately spreading uh, the coronavirus to Democrats. You know, karma, you know what karma is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Jim Jordan was on Cortez and Pellegrino, one of my favorite shows on Newsmax. They are awesome. I'm frequently a guest on that show. Talking about how the government coordinating with big tech and Jen Psaki has admitted it happens. She said they literally edit posts on Facebook and all of the big social network companies, they, they tow the party line for the Democrats. Here is Jim Jordan talking about how that is an absolute violation of the First Amendment.
10: Colluding between big tech and big media. We, this is not the first time we've seen it with, with Bezos and the, and the and the press. Today we saw it all last fall with the Hunter Biden story. We had an eyewitness, Tony Bobolinsky, We had actual documents. We had the we had the laptop, and we knew the FBI was under investigation. And yet big tech and big media colluded to keep that story from the American people just weeks before the presidential uh, election. So we, we we know they do that. But what would happen under these bills is now would be big tech, big media and big government all time magazine said they all colluded they called it a cabal all working together i don't think that's going to help censorship of conservatives in fact we know it isn't because we saw what Jin saki said just a few days ago think about what she said she said oh a lot of americans now get their news from big tech And we're going to tell big tech what is misinformation so they don't have that. And they went along with it. Information, or quote, misinformation. They became editors. They became editors. They became publishers. On their platform. I mean, that's scary. That is a direct violation of the First Amendment freedom of the press. So that's our concern is we're empowering the FTC under these Democrat-sponsored bills. We think that's the wrong approach. What we want to do is give Americans a private right of action when tech... Uh, censors them. We want to get rid of the tech's uh, liability protection under what's the so-called Section 230. And we want to expedite the judicial review so that these kind of antitrust cases, which the Trump administration brought against Google and Facebook, they get to the Supreme Court much faster and we get a We get a decision. And and again, Justice Thomas has hinted more than once that he's ready to deal with this situation and address what's happening with big tech and how they censor conservatives. Now,
2: the other day, in case you didn't hear, Joe Biden literally paraphrased joseph stalin he said it's not the vote that matters it's who counts the votes that's what he said he said it he paraphrased joseph stalin jen sake has paraphrased joseph stalin actually uh has actually quoted joseph stalin by coming up with the word misinformation or disinformation misinformation or disinformation this is something that joseph stalin talked about disinformation informatia in 1926 it was essentially it was uh the anything that the government says is right and anything that is wrong is disinformation this is how blatant this has gotten this should scare the crud out of you um yesterday dennis prager he actually echoed what i said a couple days ago this is what they're saying in cuba about the the revolution down there they're saying that they've been fed misinformation on the web literally that's what the Cuban government is saying. Here is Jim Jordan talking about examples of a misinformation put out by the Democrats because it it's a sliding scale and it changes on a daily basis. It changes on a daily basis.
10: What is misinformation? What is disinformation? Listen to this. What Democrats define as misinformation, holy cow, I mean, think about this. Democrats have lied to us on so many issues. That, remember, Democrats told us last summer that the protests were peaceful. Democrats told us just a few weeks ago that it was Republicans who were for defunding the police. I mean, those two things are laughable. Yep. Democrats said the dossier was real. Democrats said President Trump colluded with Russia. We spent $30 million on a Mueller investigation, 19 lawyers, 40 agents to tell us that wasn't true. Democrats said oh when trump cleared lafayette square uh it was for a photo op we had an inspector general say
2: that- what they didn't tell you is that uh, the day before that event in lafayette square uh, antifa tried to burn down the historic saint john's church and for the first time in our history the president of the united states and his family had to go to the emergency bunker the media is not covering that they had to go to the emergency bunker for their safety and Donald Trump went the next day to stand in front of St. John's Church in solidarity holding a Bible he was made fun of. But it was a way to show these violent mob that attempted to burn down this church and threaten the president of the united states uh, that donald trump is the boss and law
10: and order would be uh would prevail i should say that wasn't true democrats told us that the covid uh covid 19 didn't start in a lab we now know that's probably not true and of course democrats told us for four years that the 2016 election was stolen. In fact, in October of last year, just weeks before the presidential election, Hillary Clinton was still saying the election in 2016 was stolen from her. Wow. So they've misinformed us all the time. So if they're defining misinformation and telling tech what to take down, that is truly scary.
2: I got to tell you, and this really just quite simply makes me mad. Did you realize that the Biden White House has a second ginger? Did you know that? Yeah, there's Jen Psaki. and then there's uh, Kate Bedingfield. She is uh, uh, like a, a spokesperson or the whatever. Anyway, she had something to say about misinformation. Again, she's not as artificially colored uh, as, uh, as Jen Saki, but still a ginger.
3: Well, we're reviewing that, and certainly they should be held accountable. And I think you've heard the president speak very aggressively about this. He understands this is an important
2: piece. Listen to what she has to say, because she's going to tell you that conservative... Ideas and analysis are all disinformation. Seriously.
3: Of the ecosystem. But it's also the other thing the president has pointed out and spoke to when he was asked about. You
2: know who else was a ginger? Chucky, the murderous doll.
3: This yesterday is it's it is also the responsibility of the people creating the content. And again, I would go back to, you know, there are conservative news outlets who are creating irresponsible content. (laughs) (laughs)
2: There you go. There you go. It's conservative news outlets. conservative news outlets who are creating <laughs> irresponsible content that's
3: sharing misinformation about the vi- about the virus wow. that's getting shared on these platforms.
2: It's just unbelievable, honestly. And the, that was on NBC, so it was just gobbled up, just gobbled up like little birds eating, uh, you know, uh, uh, worm parts from their mother when she comes back to the nest. Just gobbling it right up, just gobbling it right up. <laughs> Here is Cortez and Pellegrino, and one of the things all this talk about COVID and everything and misinformation has done for the Biden administration is to uh, take the attention off the southern border. Uh, You've got a a DHS secretary who says that if you try to arrive here via sea from Cuba, where if you go back, you will be uh, tortured, you will be jailed, and you will be murdered. You will be returned if you are a Cuban trying to leave. But if you cross the southern border, border, that is perfectly fine. They're expecting as many as 2 million people to flood across the southern border. This has turned into Haitians, people from the Middle East, people from all over the world coming through the southern border because they know it's open for business. Here is uh, Mark Meadows talking about the debacle at the border.
3: You've got all these migrants coming in. They're saying some 900 percent now in the Rio Grande Valley are infected with COVID. These are new concerns, and the Biden administration is looking the other way.
2: Well, they're looking the other. They're oddly enough not uh, asking them to wear masks.
8: Way, and I think the other thing that that uh, to point out is is those numbers that you showed the the number of people that are coming at almost two hundred thousand this last month. It is a five hundred percent increase when you look at month over month. The last month, it's policy that Donald Trump was in office versus what it is today. But you you've hit the other. It's a healthy a health and safety concern. You know, here we are worried about mask and. Restaurants, and we're allowing people to come across infected many times without a test, many times without actually even doing the normal protocol to make sure that they're safe. And we're releasing them in, into, uh, into our country. I mean, I, I can tell you that it, it was only because Donald Trump was willing to go to the southern border that Kamala actually got there. Uh, you guys know that. But the right. other interesting thing is, is here we are today continuing to see more and more people come across and what are they talking about just a few blocks from where I am
2: amnesty they want to put amnesty in a bill I mean they do they want to have 30 million people who are here illegally vote Democrat that's how cynical and awful it is there are children being raped coming across the border there are people being enslaved by the drug cartels in payment for being brought across the border none of that matters honestly unbelievable Joe Biden is taking uh, credit for the economy coming back now. I want to just mention something real quick. If your business is closed for a week and no have no customers at all and you open say for instance uh, you're closed on Tuesday you open on Wednesday and one people one person walks through the door and buy something you have a 100% increase in your business in one day because you're able to open your doors. That's what's happening with the American economy and it could go much better. If Democrats would stop with the uh, expanded uh, unemployment benefits, three hundred dollars a week, which account amounts to fourteen thousand four hundred dollars a year, fourteen four, most businesses can't afford to pay somebody working the drive-through, fourteen four, let alone an additional fourteen four. Here is a senior economic advisor for the Trump administration, Stephen Moore, talking to Rob Schmidt about Biden taking credit for the economy.
11: And the recovery is mostly due to the vaccine, obviously, which was developed by uh, Trump. I wish that uh, Biden would acknowledge that. Uh, But um, I I think, look, the next four or five months, we're going to have a nice recovery as, as these businesses reopen. But then there are some dark clouds on the horizon. You mentioned a couple of them already. One is that it's getting more and more difficult for employers to get people back to work, especially in the blue states. You know, 25 states have repealed these extra unemployment benefits, but uh, virtually every state with a Democratic governor, there may be one exception, Hmm. continues to pay people not to work. And that's a real hardship for the small businesses. And then the other one is I agree with. What Mitch McConnell just said, I mean, my goodness, we should be cutting government spending now. The crisis is over. COVID is basically done thanks to the vaccine. We're getting back to normal. And normally when the crisis is over, you actually start cutting spending and pay back your bills. We're we're doing exactly the opposite. In fact, today uh, there was some news that now the Biden people say they want to do a $4 trillion spending bill, $4.1 trillion.
2: Imagine what it's like, and I know many of you are small businesses, what it's like to have a large entity give people another $300 a week to sit at home rather than go to work. And you can't come up with $14,400 a year more to get them to come to work for you. You would have to spend a minimum of that just to have them consider coming back to work. And the only way you could really assure that they'd come back is maybe to give them a little bit more. Oh, but guess what? The Biden administration wants to make that permanent.
11: Casey Mulligan and I did an re- analysis of this about uh, four or five months ago when they. This is how
2: they did an end run around the fifteen dollars minimum wage. This is how they did the end run around it, guys.
11: Passed that bill, yep. And we estimate there are about five million American, fewer Americans working today because of those unemployment benefits. So that bill actually cost the American jobs; it didn't create jobs. Uh, now, the good news is there those benefits are supposed to expire in September, September. Yeah. but Rob, I've got some more bad news for you. Now, they're, you're not going to believe this, but there is a bill now in Congress to make those bi- those uh, those benefits permanent. I mean, you talk about... <laughs> they want to create the welfare state, guys. ...doing damage to our small businesses. How can they compete with their rich Uncle Sam?
2: You can't compete with your rich Uncle Sam, quite simply. They'll just put you out of business. They'll just put you out of business. Uh, Dick Morris yesterday was on American Agenda talking about uh, Kamala Harris. Yesterday, I don't know if you do, 64% of Americans say they have no confidence in her if she became the president of the United States. Here's Dick Morris to talk about what's going on inside the Democrat Party with Kamala.
5: What's going on is unbelievably interesting. Uh, They are, the Biden administration is marginalizing its own vice president and dumping on her. Two weeks ago, there was a big story that Harris's aides say she's not ready to be president and that she's not disciplined and not doing her homework. And that couldn't have come from Harris's people. They're not going to kill their own meal ticket. It had to have come from the Biden people. And I think the reason they're doing this is that they're worried that as Biden's dementia worsens and becomes more and more apparent, the push for the 25th Amendment and to make Harris acting president is going to accelerate. And I think they're sending these negative shots at Harris as shots across her bow to basically say, back off, kid, uh, otherwise we'll, we'll really fry you, and, uh, and also to invoke the Spiro-Agnew insurance policy. I don't know if you have a cop policy, but it was one that Richard Nixon took out in 68 when he was facing impeachment, and the idea was Agnew is so terrible, nobody would want him to be president, so they'll leave Nixon in.
2: We will see, my friends. We will see. Our time is running short. I want to do a couple more stories before I go. This is kind of interesting. The, uh, the author of the 1619 Project said that the uh, least race inequality in the world is in Cuba. Her name is Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's become very wealthy with the 1619 Project and the malarkey that it's built on. I use that word because I can't use the other word. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here she is doing an interview. I believe this is 2019 and uh, talking about how awesome and fair and uh, colorblind and equal that Cuba is.
7: Is there Are there candidates right now or even just places that you think
2: have a... Oh, my God. It sounds like National Public Radio.
7: A viable and sufficient. Stay life. with me, people don't fall asleep. The um, ambitious integration agenda. And if so,
2: what, what is it? That <laughs> <laughs> snarky liberal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that laughs at a lot, right? there. Yeah. That laughs at a lot right there. Let me just go ahead and continue sipping my latte and I'll allow
5: you to answer. <laughs> I mean, one, let me just, um, I, we're so smart. I, I'm definitely not an expert on, uh, race. It's an, an expert. That's uh, English. It's not a expert relations internationally. Um, and it's also hard to look at countries that didn't have, you know, large institutions of slavery and compare them to the United States. The answer is probably going to be surprising uh, that I'm going to give, which is. Are
2: you, are you asleep? Are you asleep? I'm, I'm just stay with me. We're almost there.
5: If you want to see the most equal, uh, multiracial, it's not a democracy, (laughs) most equal multiracial country in our hemisphere, it would be Cuba. Cuba has the least inequality between black... Everybody's
2: poor. Everybody's poor. Now, uh, Orlando Gutierrez Borano ridiculed the words of her because it's a lie. If you look at the Central Committee of the Communist Party for the last 62 years, uh, many black, prominent uh, prominent black Cubans have been... uh, in that central committee, then you look at uh, the republic that existed uh, in 1902 to 1959. There were all sorts of uh, black Cubans in the government, but in the last 62 years, they have not been in the central committee. Okay? It was during Cuban's democracy, the black Cubans had leadership roles as president, as president of the Senate, multiple ministries, representatives of the House, uh, important social leaders, the leader of the, the labor movement, uh, and uh, that, uh, that's what leadership was like in Cuba under democracy. 62 years of communism it's been a white european descent communist leadership that has dominated power in other words black people have been excluded from leadership positions in cuba for the last 62 years exclusively because they are people of color so she was wrong she was wrong she was wrong before i go i want to get to a brilliant brilliant Trump impersonator who I've had on this show, Sean Farish. He is a uh, New Yorker. He is a conservative. He was at the uh, the big CPAC in Dallas. And uh, he made fun of this exchange. Michael Wolf appeared on Brian Stelter's show and called him out for being a political hack.
6: I think the
8: media has done a terrible job on this. I think you yourself... Um, you know why you're a nice guy you know you're full of sanctimony um, you know you become part of one of the parts of the problem of the media you know you come on here and you and you have a um, um, uh, you know a monopoly on truth you know you know exactly how things are supposed to be done um, you know you are why one of the reasons people can't stand the media <laughs>
2: Now, months ago, I started calling him uh, Humpty Dumpty for a number of reasons. Number one being, he looks a whole lot like Humpty Dumpty. Uh, And also, he he just had a great fall, a 75% decrease in viewership on his show, which wasn't much to brag about in the the first place. Here is Sean Farish as Donald Trump doing a little uh, ode to Humpty Stelter. Ode to the wall. Humpty Dumpty's
3: ratings took a huge fall. And the losers and phonies at Fake News CNN, they just want Humpty's ratings to get better again. The name of his show is completely absurd. Reliable sources, if you haven't heard. But if there's one thing left that we all know is true, it's that Humpty Dumpty is lying to you. He was roasted so beautifully right there on the screen. Like the biggest potato the world has ever seen. <laughs> and I'll never forget the great look on his face when Big Bad Michael Wolf put Humpty right in his place.
2: That is absolutely uh, fantastic. So we will have Sean on again before the end of the week on this podcast right here. And uh, so make sure to, if you would, subscribe today to the uh, the podcast, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson on Apple Podcasts. If you would also uh, do me a big favor, all you guys, okay, who are checking it out, uh, put a five-star review in there and, and say why you like it. Because it's a different show than... All the other conservative shows out there, it's uh, it's meant to entertain, inform, and maybe even motivate to do good. So uh, thanks for watching, guys. God bless you. I appreciate it. God bless our police and our firefighters. Remember Ashley Babbitt. I will see you tomorrow in the meantime. Don't catch the stupid. Thanks
1: for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.
0: Uh, hmm